Welcome, welcome, one and all, to another Movie Guys Extravaganza, something we like to call the TMG Interview, talking movies with those who uh, make them. And this week, we are featuring three gentlemen, and I use that term loosely, who make up the production team, Majama. Correct pronunciation. Oh, okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Dude. First uh, one, I think. <laughs> Majama is putting the finishing touches on their first feature film, but it's one that's getting quite the buzz for a, a film having no stars, no major studio, and questionable special effects. The film in question is Bad CGI Sharks, and the guilty party is Matthew Ellsworth, Jason Ellsworth, and Matteo Malinari. There we go. Hi. Hello. Or as your producer calls you, the boys. Yes. You're the boys. Yeah. Did you just yeah. assume our gender? That's what we do here. Wow. Did you not really see the sign on the way? <laughs> I did, actually. All right. Now, I'm not sure this will help, but we'll ch- try and sort this out for people at home. Let's go around the table and match names with voices. Jason? Hi, this is Jason. I'm the tall one. That'll yeah, help. The radio is yeah. perfect. <laughs> this will be on YouTube, but most okay. of our hits are on iTunes. So, Matthew. I'm Matthew. And Mateo. I am the one with no accent whatsoever. It's got a little <laughs> bit of an accent. Hard to pick him out. A little yeah. bit. A little bit. Where are you from, specifically? Alabama. Nice. Well, Very no. nice. Thank you, Tommy yeah. Wiseau in the studio. <laughs> you know, uh, I come from Alabama, okay? Uh, who cares? Genova, Italy, in the hometown of Christopher Columbus, the man who destroyed America. Oh, nice. Yeah. Some time ago. Well, yeah, he came here and he killed us, and he yes. gets a day named after him. Exactly. That's great. Um, now, I imagine the title says it all, Bad CGI Sharks, but just for fun, give us the plot. Two estranged brothers are brought back together by a poorly rendered shark when the script they've been trying to finish since they were but boys suddenly magically comes to life with the help of a magical movie imp played by the Italian. A, a, a movie imp? A movie imp. Explain yes. further. Uh, Matteo Malinari over here is a character called Bernardo who has a magical way, if you will, to help people who are struggling specifically with screenwriting issues be able to uh, finish their projects. So if you're struggling with a script that you can't finish, what he will do is make that script come to life. Because as we all know, experience is the best way to write. Write what you know. How could we write a shark movie if we've never been chased by one? Hence, the movie imp. And and water be damned. Water be damned. (laughs) We did write it. The the script they're working on is called Sharks Out of Water. So we Yes, that is. If you are watching, you'll see that's on the poster. Yes, this is actually a prop. Now it's called Bad CGI Sharks. Bad CGI Sharks. Which really cuts to the heart of of the matter, exactly. Uh, Now, it's a shame the world can't see your press kit because uh, it carries what I imagine is the tone of the movie. We have one? There's a sheet of paper. Okay. okay yeah. uh, There's a sheet of paper with some stuff written yes. down. <laughs> and here's now you two play uh, the Ellsworths, play the brothers. Yes. yes. Right? And in real life, you stretch. are unfortunately brothers. 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we couldn't act, so we had to piggyback on reality as much as possible. Right. So it's reality happening yes, as yes. your film becomes reality. In the film, it's a mystery wrapped inside of Enigma. It's like, it's like Inception. It's true. Oh, that's good. Well, there's the selling point Shark Inception. It's like Inception. Yes. Um, it's like Inception, the director. Yeah. Um, you now let's hear some highlights from the press kit. You curse out uh, Laguna Beach patrons. Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. God. Why come? We needed a beach to shoot at, and it was uh, it was quite a hassle to find one. But um, for cheap, for cheap, for uh, our lovely producer Sheila and Mateo here worked uh, very well to find Laguna Beach. So we paid to have that spot sectioned off. What they didn't tell us is that that pretty much means you just can shoot there and then everyone else can walk around and do whatever they want. So the very first, uh, I think it was the first five minutes, we have some lady come there doing like the swan pose and stuff. And I'm like, oh, miss, you're kind of right in a shot. She's like, I just started my hot yoga on the beach. We had kids running around, dogs running by, people running, people gawking at the cameras, people coming down, exercising. And we actually pulled it off. I'm literally shocked. But that entire scene, when you guys see the movie, the beach scene, there were just people everywhere. So... The, the sun's there all day. You can greet it whenever you like. Let us have a, a, an yeah, hour. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. What do what you do? Are you filming something? What's the camera? Is it okay if I walk in front of it? A shark? What, like Jaws? Something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, fuck them. Yeah. All right. that, that was the main. We wanted to get to that. You know, fuck them. Yes. Yeah, fuck Laguna Beach. Yeah, fuck Laguna Beach. Um, the budget is listed as $6,257.34. Yes, because Jason wanted to supersize it one day. 
Again, so it shot up the dollar fifty more than you yes, wanted it to. Was yes. there a fight about the budget? I'm sensing tension over that. There's a fight over that goddamn supersized burger. Yeah, I was the, hungry. Yes, the, bu- the budget came about uh, as we were shooting along. Pretty much, we didn't even start to say, "Oh, we have this much budget." I said, "No." Okay, let's buy this. Let's buy this. Can we afford this? No. Okay, let's buy that. However much thing. it needed to be, just slowly inched our way to that number. Yeah, to o- so, over six thousand. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. And then there was pushback, right, from the Sheila. <laughs> yes, she was saying, "Yeah, yeah no, Keep what down under sixty two hundred? The pizza with pepperoni? No, she, she yeah, wouldn't have anything over sixty five hundred. No, it wouldn't be done. So yes, you, you got to work with what you know what you got." Are there direct spoofs of like I, you know? I'm the guy who saw the Sharknado highlight reel someone put together on YouTube, which is basically just all the cool shark moments. Then I didn't have to be worried about the rest of the movie. Right. Good so call. I've never seen the whole thing. But are there direct spoofs of Sharknado in your movie? No, no there is NATO, no. there is one or two, or I'm thinking specifically of one. There is one direct spoof that we kind of had as a joke idea and actually pulled off. But uh, it's more the the genre. Um, it is a genre we both love and have been disappointed by because, as you say, you, you know, get to the good stuff and then in between the the uh, yeah the what the, the stuff you have to wade through. Yeah. To How much of this mon- do I have to read monologues? Through. Right. It's uh, is it more than a spoof of like just bad movies in general, specifically that new sci-fi angle that they've sort of carved well, out for themselves? Our our biggest thing was always we we love these movies, but you get involved in, in, in these characters and these plots that you just don't you don't give a shit about. Yeah. It's hard to connect with that, and they force it too. They just wedge into the script because it's a necessary storytelling element. So we wanted to pull that back to just okay, can we make something funny? Can we make something enjoyable and Somewhat of a parody, but tell a straight story still. Kind of work within our means of what we could actually accomplish. Is there real danger? No. Yes. Is it all? Really? There are, there are oh, stakes. Okay. We, we tried to make it a genuine story of the brothers coming together and actually take the sharks as silly as they look seriously as a serious threat. Oh, that's good. The one thing I will say is that we've been blessed to get an amazing amount of attention off the name. But yes. what comes with that is I feel like everyone thinks we're trying to make shit. And I cannot state how much... We just made shit by happenstance. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we just, it's, it's we just fell into making yes, shit. No, yes. but we really went into but it wanting honest. to make a, a good film. We didn't want to make shit. We didn't want to make, oh, we know we're bad and all that type of stuff. The sharks are bad, CGI, everything else we tried to treat with the love of passionate cinephiles. We, to me... Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, there was a, a previous uh, script that we had, and uh, that was almost... Yeah. almost Every other line, it was, uh, wink, wink, we are making a bad movie. We know that. And, and then we say, you know what? No, it's just like we thrashed the whole thing, and uh, we actually and tried. We, that's, yes, that's hard we, for us. That's new. Yes, <laughs> we, I, I have to give him credit because my brother Matthew, he said, uh, "There's very few things we can control. The one thing we can control is the script and the story. So let's really try to do that because of how much stuff would end up. You know, how, what, what can we do? What can we work with?" So he was really adamant about let's get a good story with it, and that's when we kind of decided to base it on the brothers and hopefully have some sort of grounded real world part. Uh, but yeah, we sit down all the time to watch these type of uh, creature flicks, and I'm always geeked as hell. But then five minutes in, I'm like, I can't do it. I want to sit here and watch this with my buddy, but it's literally that boring. I, I want to love them. I want to love every creature flick, but most of them disappoint me by just being, like you said, show me the three-minute clip on YouTube with all the, the cool little CGI creatures, and that's it. Yeah, I think the, the so bad it's good genre has run its course. Yes. I mean, Snakes on yeah. a Plane is where it died for me because everyone's like, oh, it's so awful. I watch it. I'm like, no, this is just awful. <laughs> I'm not having fun. We, we were actually just talking about Snakes. I think that was one of the first um, real big examples of the hype not living up because, yeah, it, the name was so ridiculous. And I didn't think the movie was horrible, but it definitely didn't live up to that name of, you know, like, oh, it's, yeah, you're having a good time. It's cheesy. It's this. It was just kind of, yeah. Yeah, like I, I saw a highlight. <clears throat> I saw a scene from Double Team. Uh, Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude and, and uh, Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. And the two scenes I saw were where Jean-Claude and Dennis Rodman jump out of a plane, and they're worried for a second until Rodman realizes you know, his parachute will open up into a basketball <laughs> and surround both of them, bounce them yes. on the ground, and they survive. And I'm like, I got to see this whole movie. Well, it's dog shit top yes. to bottom. Wait, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, the parachute it. turns into an actual giant the basketball. basketball and envelops them, and they survive. That's, that is amazing. Yeah. That, that That's is his amazing. parachute because he's Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Of course, and but the movie's terrible. Don't let that scene. You go. Well, we got to see this. I think Just so go bad is good scene. has to happen by happenstance. So many people, I think, are trying to do yes. a room on their own and actually make it bad without um, trying to make a genuine film. I think the honesty, the the bad, the enjoyment of bad movies come from someone trying to make an honest film. Yeah, I think something from the, the. I mean, everything we've gleaned from the disaster artist showed us that Tommy Wiseau's heart 
yes. was in that movie. Huge heart. Just, yes. It's awful. And, and, <laughs> yes. It's just awful. And that's, that's what we, we, we say, that, that the, the movie that we've done is, is far from being perfect, uh, but at least it's honest. We try, and, and one of the reasons why that we intentionally, we didn't do any uh, crowdfunding, no nothing. We just, we, we found it's because ourselves. because no one likes us. Yes, exactly. And uh, we didn't like to, to we, we, we live by the movie and we die by the movie. It's entirely our uh, baby, pretty much. We had, it's a very strange thing, but we copulate uh, on paper and uh, our, our baby comes out. And this on, is the baby. Hot yes. steaming paper sex. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So focus on the satire then is pretty much what you're going to have with a heart in the middle. Yes, uh, it, I would. I kind of the shark exploitation genre in general. It is a, uh, as our Twitter account said, it is both a parody of and an homage to, and also a tribute to creativity itself. Because, uh, I my other pitch for it is picture a Christmas Carol, but the ghosts are sharks because his character has lost his will to want to write, and uh, through this magical experience, he will hopefully, uh, hopefully regain it. I see. And Mateo, your. I'm the Jacob Marley. Yes. 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 Right. yes. All right. Uh, what else do we have in your uh, in your press kit? Let's Shuffle see. the papers. Target generously donated some clothing to the production without knowing it. Yes. <laughs> yes. They have. I a think third. was that Josh's. Uh, Josh? Uh, Josh and and, and uh, Justin's shirt. Justin's shirt right. for the. I think, ah uh, yes. yes, which he ripped. Y- yes. No, it, uh, he uh, artistically enhanced. Yes. Uh, it, yes. We, Thank you, Target. But yes, it was. Uh, they had this very loose policy of return policy, and uh, so if anyone wants to make a movie, go to Target, buy a bunch of stuff, and then just take it right back. Yes. So yeah, I, I I did a play, and we had a ficus tree in the play, and then as we did the whole show, we eventually returned it like 28 days later. They were like, okay, it's all so got all sleeves. But that was like we we had a fight around that tree. There was a whole thing but then he didn't return any like blood-stained clothes or anything unfortunately not no, okay, yeah. good. So we tried yes uh you partnered with italian filmmakers yes yes they saved so you us went to the homeland eh? <laughs> you got friends back there or i do have friends uh, Filmmaker still friends? a couple um no it was it was a complete serendipitous moment uh, that they came here the year before we decided to make the movie and um, they stood at my place uh, for about a week, and we just like did stuff, random stuff, and everything. And the last night, I I happened to ask, so what are you doing in in Italy? And and they were saying, well, we have these production companies, we're doing home video, I mean uh, music video and stuff like that, and everything. We're trying for to look for a project um, to to present what we can do here in America. Really. <laughs> So I pitched them the idea vaguely, and they say, we're on board. And I say, fantastic. And then I drove them to the airport, and then I called them, and I say, we really have to write this thing. <laughs> because we had, at the time, I think that we had just like a vague idea. Yeah, yeah. Halfway through it the was <laughs> the most fantastic kick in the ass to have these guys yes. Yes. willing to, to fly out on their dime to help us with this. So we knew, okay, we have to take this seriously. These two guys were nice enough to fly across the continent on their own dime to help us out. So that was really lit the fire to kind of um, have the cohesive vision that we hadn't really done before. And I think it must be said that Emmy and Allie, our uh, audiovisual team, uh, completely elevated this project more than we thought it was going to be. Because Emilio Pozzolini is the original friend of mine and Alessandro Arcidiacono is his partner in crime who now says it's so I was going to try he those. says it so <laughs> beautifully <laughs> I, just, I just want to hear him say Ali's it's, full name over and over again it's as if I'm, I were Italian I know right uh, and uh, Emilio is actually is a genius of uh, sound design uh, he, he teaches sound back in Italy and he's also a composer he has a band is in, in, he is in a band called Port Royale and they're huge in Belgium for some reason and uh, Alessandro is a uh, uh, a wonderful uh, cinematographer and photographer in general, and he has a knack for special effects and stuff. Like this that. is all Ali. He did the poster. Yeah. Yes. Oh, all right. If you know anything about the uh, Cameron Crowe movies, it's good to be big in Belgium, just like citizen. I, yes. Dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, wait, now you guys. I mean, uh, there's 
if people can go and look. I'm not saying anything. You guys don't do not have padded IMDb credits. Like for for you guys, it's like we have first. one. It's pretty light. It, we have go. one. So these guys come in. Are they stacked? Is that it? They have tons of experience, or were they kind of like, hey, we want to just I don't care where we got to go to make a movie. We want to join in. Are you bringing in real season folks uh, in your? Well, DP? they have the in, uh, in Italy. Unlike here, the video music video industry is still pretty big, um, and they had uh, a very large uh, um, experience in uh, shooting, uh, coming with a concept, uh, shooting it, editing it, uh, doing special effects and, and all that stuff. Uh, plus, they did work uh, on uh, a few very, very, very low production, low budget productions uh, back in Italy. So uh, they were maybe one step above us uh, in terms of uh, uh, experience. They're d definitely more professional. and They, they knew our script better than we did. Yes, <laughs> and they knew which side of the camera to look into. Which also was well, very, very the very the very first thing that he showed me to show him their work is this music video they did where these like furry pulsating uh, like cartoon balls come down to earth and just start bouncing around through Italy, uh, and so the these little like furry like creatures but just round almost like uh, uh, like gremlins before they they pop off their balls but uh, so this is all CGI and they're just bouncing around Italy. It's this like absurd concept. And they're like, these guys are absolutely perfect for this. They're going to be able to do the, the sharks beautifully. And like you said, Ali, right out the gate, come out and had ideas for how we can make the sharks be funny visually or little things they can do. I remember the first night we jumped right in and started designing some stuff and little wacky ideas. But uh, the spirit they brought to it of actually understanding and bringing an actual relish to the goofiness is, uh, we can't thank them enough. This wouldn't be the same movie without them. Yeah. And surprisingly, also, they instantly got the humor. And yes. they everything they brought to the movie or and even to the post production it's it elevates whatever it was in our minds and everything so that that was also immensely uh, helpful it's an international production yes yes, yes. there you go and uh, uh, in, incidentally also uh, alessandro has gone japan. on a vacation in japan so technically this movie has been uh, worked on three different continents <laughs> still so, in, still in post uh, they're they're fin finishing touch just like in as we tape this, they, they should be done, uh, give or take, by the end of the month, ish. And then what? There's so many different things you can do with an indie film: festival route, or it's going to take it easy for a while. Yes, right. We just say sit in. I wouldn't blame you. It's a lot. Stay in my living room. We'll watch it over and over again. No, we'll try some festivals. We have some um, distributors who are interested in seeing it to see what the hell we've done. Um, and uh, there is a corner on uh, Hollywood and Highland. We can stay there, and for five bucks, we give you this. <laughs> yeah, um, we want to win a trial basis. Like I said, the trailer we got a couple people off that that said, "Hey, come to us if you might want distribution." And uh, like we've been lucky to very get the articles uh, going around, which I didn't think we'd get at all. Uh, whatever can get the maximum and hopefully continue this crazy journey of making a next one or getting someone to buy one or you know. Whatever that may be. So, yeah, we're, we're a little green to the process. Luckily, Matteo's been around the block in Italy, and Sheila's got a little more experience. But me and Matthew are pretty green to this. It's very exciting. Um, so just hopefully whatever gets it the most out there. Don't let the ominous uh, sound above you <laughs> distract your, your positivity in that direction. Um, but, yeah, speaking of that trailer, you've got over 10,000 hits on the trailer. So there's buzz already when people just hear the title. They want to see what's going on, which is cool. Um and, oh, I want to play a little clip from that very trailer then. And, I, uh, of course, a lot of the gags are visu visual, but I do love how many do-do-do-do-do's you have <laughs> in the trailer. I an overabundance of those is never a bad thing. Yes. It was actually uh, Emmy and Ali's idea to re-sculpt it in that way, and we initially pulled back because we had more of a... Uh, not necessarily we used classical music at first and there was a kind of a different quirkier tone they kind of said how about if we do the traditional trailer but in our own goofy way at first we weren't sure like does it kind of misrepresent the movie but when we had the back and forth I think the trailer we came up with is actually a pretty nice little welcome to the world that gives both vibes uh, so again more credit to Emmy and Ali for having the vision to change that let's listen in Get it? You created those sharks. Your creativity is alive and thriving and- Nothing worse than when a shark movie gets too caught up in character dialogue. This thing looks like a bad CGI movie creature. That shark looks great for the budget.
on the oldest side of the camera. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, we had a, first of all, uh, kudos for having <laughs> the Wilhelm Will scream. scream. Yes. Oh, that's also Emilio who came up with that. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you're after my own heart with that one. Um, <laughs> it was you were thinking if we put it in there. I appreciate yes. that. Much appreciated. Um, but yeah, we, uh, on the movie guys, we, we have the Hall of Buong. Because ever since, uh, <laughs> and so all these sound effects kind of have their own names, and then uh, they used to have a name. I can't remember what it was, but when you got nothing, yeah, exactly. Transformers, then you got that. Uh, so you're right to include that, absolutely. Um, and yeah, and, and the trailer goes out. People have reactions to it, articles. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were some couple people who did actually the trailer reaction videos, which I still don't understand. <laughs> you know, because there's one guy who put one out. And, and actually, the majority of them are just people watching a trailer. Yes. People love watching I people watching. I just sit there watching. I, mean, I can't watch a guy watch a trailer. And most of the time, they just sit there like this. <laughs> I, I, but it's, it like, was, it's like when people film themselves playing video games, and I don't. I just don't understand that either. <laughs> don't get it. It's the kids. I mean, I get their excitement, but why? I don't know how I would get yeah. excited by that. But the uh, the horror show is one of the groups out there who said something. And yeah, we were talking about this before. They called you guys Mahama when they see yes. uh, Majama because it's your name. Well, and I appreciate they, the yeah. little Spanish flair on there. I'm, uh, they used to call me Hassan at work, so I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll sure. take the Mahama. Um, but it's M A and J A and M A from the beginnings of three your names, right? Yeah, yeah. boom, That's you got it. It's easy. <laughs> He's so, a smart guy. Why would you go? But I don't know. They did. Uh, or then the other one said Majima. Oh yeah, I think, which get, sounds medical. Yeah. Yeah. Majima. I smoked some Majima last night. <laughs> yeah, also medical. Um, but they said this uh, in their uh, review. It's just bad enough where I, I would at least give it. 80 minutes of my time. Yeah, 80 minutes, because there's no way it's longer than that. It is. It is. But he's wrong, so right? He's will, wrong! <laughs> he will never see the ending it's of the movie minutes. because he's given 80 minutes, then he cuts it off and he yeah. won't see the ending. <laughs> uh, BloodyDisgusting.com says, sci-fi's terrible shark movies get their own Deadpool. High we, praise. We couldn't believe they gave us that yeah. headline. I could yeah. not believe that they that gave us Deadpool, first article too, sci-fi, so big shark news. movies in the... How? Uh, so, thank you. You hear thank that? You, and you go discussion. continue the post. Yes, yes right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. You have to make a call to Italy. Keep going, yeah. <laughs> or Japan, or wherever. Yes. It is. Keep editing somewhere. Where the hell are they? Yeah. Movie Web: The ultimate answer to bad shark movies. Yes. Yes. Although, funnily enough, they uh, they kind of well, Matthew was right that they kind of had a hopeful tone. What they were that that was the one that collectively referred to us as millennial hipsters, which is funny for yes. Matteo here, a fifty year old Italian man. Uh, but they had a they had a uh, they had a hopeful but skeptical tone about it. Uh, but that is another kick ass headline that they gave us. So very grateful for all the coverage. I didn't think we'd get any. Well, and you guys, I notice are all jumping in on all the comments and and beefing oh, up yeah. the conversation. That yeah. they can only warm people up to you. I live to blah 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 blah. Ninety five percent of my life is these two telling me to shut up. So I'm sure that was the set every day. <laughs> uh, let's go through some of your cast members because I recognize some. Do you now? The old press kit. Uh, Sean Landry is a friend. Oh, yes. we love Sean. Yeah, uh, we go back to Chicago together. Oh, and, uh, awesome. So how did you come across her? Uh, our single IMDb, you know, um, let someone else take it, but it's our single IMDb credit. Oh, yes, that's in the, what else have you done part of the show? But you can jump there now. Uh, potluck, uh, pilot for a uh, weed legalization and, and how it affects society. Uh, never went anywhere, but we met Sean on the set of that, also through Sheila Marie, who helped to introduce us and get us the audition. Um, Sean was awesome. She actually plays oh, a dual yeah. role in the movie as our main villain and as my boss uh, at my uh, small uh, movie company. Yeah, I like her. Funny. Yes, she has a uh, she has a uh, lot of energy, and um, we were looking for someone to play this boss role that kind of kicks off the uh, movie with Matthew's interview when Matthew's having a particularly bad morning. I think it was Sheila that actually suggested Sean. I was instantly like, yes, 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 let's do it because I just. Uh, even around potluck, I think she was just you know went off the cuff and improving yeah. stuff. She just got a great energy. You could tell she's just a fellow goofball that loves this and has all the energy. And you know, I'm sure the same as me. She could talk a blue streak, and we could just go back and forth. But let's talk about that Sheila. So you guys write the whole thing, and she's listed as producer. So how does she assist the production? She got us some food. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right. So the next name I said. <laughs> uh, Sheila was amazing in helping us. Um, bring people together, organize stuff, keep my brain in the artistic zone and, and keep other things running I didn't want to worry about. Uh, there were a couple people she got us. Um, 
Autumn and Heidi and uh, Ben. Ben. Uh, many Dale. people that these little quirky Dale. roles. Yo, Dale. Ah, Dale. Dale's going to talk about and, Dale and, and Turner. You know, do you know Dale? Yeah. Oh, sure. my God. I love Dale's cameo in the movie. And oh, yeah. Don't forget Jen Liu. Oh, yeah. Yes. Behind our star. <laughs> I am so sorry. Yes, our star, Jen. Of course, she brought Jen into the mix, which was a so huge So food blessing. and ample talent yes. she brings to yes. the production. Great. Oh, my gosh. She saved us so many times. It's not even funny. Well, with Jen, our, our, our lovely star here who plays the, uh, the female lead, uh, she was great because we really needed someone to bring an anchor to the excessive goofiness. And so she is uh, way better at acting than us and had more experience. So she kind of helped us have, okay, I know this a little more. Let me bring in that character to almost, almost have like a mother role. And I've always thought that she kind of helps connect the brothers. But uh, her presence and her having more experience in us was, really went a long way in kind of solidifying it and helping us feel more comfortable in those scenes. Because that was the scene where like all four of us had to go back and forth. So it was nice to have someone who a little bit knew what she was doing. And yeah, and mostly thanks to her, we shot that scene in five hours. Right? Oh my God, we were so worried days. about yeah. that one. Because <laughs> it, it's, it's it, it was the most uh, uh, complicated sequence of the movie. Uh, not not in terms of uh, uh, and no effects or something, but it was where a lot ex- of plot explaining a lot of yes. too, and, and just everyone talking over each other. It was just it was a lot to balance, and uh, and and at least she was just like she anchored the high the, tension the part thing. of the plot. Yeah, sure. Just a, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's say like that. Let's Is there tension that. in this movie? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just a lot of back and forth. Important part of the book. Yes. And then uh, last uh, credit here I'll mention is Gabriel McCoy as guy who didn't schedule well enough to play the part. We tried. And he gave his, his, tried. Gabe is my sleep. good buddy. And I told him the date. And then he was like, hey, man, I got my kid this day. Can I do this, this, and that? And so I went on Facebook and literally put up who wants to play this role because he didn't do it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make fun of you and give you a little spot, and it will put you in the credits as a guy who couldn't schedule well enough. So <laughs> shout out to my friend Gabe, Stax Gouda. That's my buddy. You got in there somehow, you dumb bastard. Doesn't it make you nuts about indie filmmaking? Like you're all set to shoot, and someone will go, I got two hours. Yes. What? No. Uh, but this is my passion, my vision. <laughs> yeah. no, that's why we, we were fairly um, consistent in, in scheduling people in a very short amount of time. So the three of us pretty much were... Uh, for obvious reason, always on set, and every single other person, probably Josh, was the only one who was more than one day. Oh yes, of course yeah. we have to uh, shout out Josh, Sterling. Josh Sterling, whom I cast based on his smile, our lovely uh, slapsticky goofball. Love that yes. guy. Based on what I'm looking at, you'd have to. Yeah. Yes, right. <laughs> He's otherwise Dude, bandaged. Seriously, up. he invited me to a Weird Al concert one night. I had never met this kid. He knew him from Universal, right, Mateo? Yes. Universal Studios. They worked together. Show up. I see this kid's look and his smile. Not even kidding. It always sounds like a line or like it's a girl I'm meeting. And I'm like, I have to make you a character. I have to. So the whole night, I'm just like, what can I put him in? What can I put him in? Boom! Did it in Sharks. Dream accomplished. Yes. And he, he's a fantastic goofball in the movie. Yes. And also on this, uh, in the press kit, it, there mentioned, there's mention of two songs. So, you know, right. there is one, 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 one song is, is yours and one is, uh, is the Bernardo, Bernardo theme. Oh, the yes. theme is yeah. just a musical. Oh, the theme. So. Yes. It's, still? Uh, you're still you're shooting big. You're, make, you're creating yes, I, more I, than I, just a movie. His, I mean, uh, he was doing our entire soundtrack, too. Same as uh, our sound. Uh, he's jumping in on that right now, actually, as we speak. Yes. Uh, but, but I had my brother uh, doing uh, 25 seconds ish yeah we needed uh, a very specific theme for this part of uh a very a particularly wacky part of it and his brother has such a unique we've worked together making some bizarre rap music in the past but his brother has such a specific style i knew he would kill it and what he came out was perfect for this little uh, goofy talk show theme my brother is 61 he had no idea what the rap was <laughs> Jason no has way. to teach him. Yes, for Jason, real. Jason has to teach him. Okay, it's been around thirty plus forty years. Paul yeah, knows. but 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 yeah, I know. But, he but, doesn't respect it. But you don't know my brother. Yeah, <laughs> never not, heard of Sugar Hill Gang. No, Nothing. it's funny. I remember I wanted to kind of acclimate his mind to it, so I played like an hour worth of songs, and afterwards he's just like, "It's just a bunch of loops." <laughs> like, yeah, but it's about what they rap over. The because loops. there is one thing that if you're Italian and you hear. A guy who's not singing but is talking very fast, instantly your attention starts to drift away, <laughs> and you don't. And you say, "Okay, there is a guy, and and this is a different song because, uh, and this is a third song, and it looks like the same first. Yeah. So that's exactly what what my brother grew up with Emerson Lake and Palmer and and all the good stuff like that. And I was, so you know, 
music. Yeah. And uh, hey, there's no need for that, man. He loves doing that all the time. Yeah, I swear to God. But then we have Yo, Master Clown Shrooms, uh, who does the he performs the closing credit song. I hate that guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fucking overbearing douche. Yes. Tenth set, re tenth set. Yeah, I see. Uh, now, uh, <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get the gimmick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of this? Richard Dreyfus has said about adding a CGI ah, yes. shark to Jaws. Oh yeah. yeah. I think they should. Uh, I think they should do it. I can't do Dreyfus. It would be... Uh, <laughs> ah, that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bob! Swim up and bite you in the ass! <laughs> I think they should do it. It would be huge, and it would open up the film to younger people. Is that blasphemy? No, no, I don't think so. The technology now could make the shark look as good as the rest of the movie. First of all, I'd just like to say I'm glad he's putting bad CGI sharks into the press once again, so thank you for that, Dreyfus. <laughs> hey. uh, but I see both sides. Uh, I'm a fan of how the shallows and 47 meters down looked. Was it 2017, like two years ago? I think yeah. the sharks in that looked fantastic. Uh, we're all skeptical about that George Lucas territory, but I will say that there are... I could, if, if you told me you watched Jaws and the shark is like, holy shit, what am I looking at? I get it. If you tell me it holds up, it still looks scary. I get it. So I don't know. It's blasphemy. It's He's probably right. You might get kids, but I mean, do you always want to bring the kids into the class? It, it probably it would be nice if it's never shown to people who saw Jaws as it is now. That's a good point. Yeah. If you hadn't seen the original, you might adore it. Because uh, people it, like us would be like, Ugh. yeah, it's kind of like when they did the ET special edition, remove the radio, maybe remove the, the guns and replace them with radio. And uh, say, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it, that's the movie the guy made. Yes. yes. Leave it alone. Yeah, you know? exactly. And so, yeah, I mean, if they want to do it, but just they don't. And there's only like a couple of shots that are, might be, you know, like when that thing comes up at, Brody on the edge of the it's, orca. It's, it looks amazing. It works. When it, when it it's, it's, it's there. Shot, In the end, great. it's there. You it's, know, yeah. that's what we say about practical effects. It's there. It's You can see there's a sense of weight and uh, I mean, there, up against it. There is on YouTube uh, uh, a company, I don't know if it's Australian or, or whatever, but um, they've replaced the shark in a few scenes in of Jaws the Revenge. And, oh, I don't uh, think I saw that yet. You were talking yeah, about it. It's, it's, it's pretty good. But it's just a revenge. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm sure less care was taken to the special effects in that than in the original Jaws. Probably, so it probably yeah. deserves an upgrade. It does. But it especially, also deserves an upgrade in the script and the performances. Yes. The especially because oh, when, overhaul. <laughs> yes, when you make a, a shark movie and uh, one of the protagonists is a plane pilot and you think, okay, a shark usually is in the water and a plane pilot usually is in the air. It's a flying shark. It, yeah, probably. <laughs> or jumps very, very, very high. We so. all know that's preposterous. <laughs> yes, right, I guess. <laughs> never happen <laughs> <laughs> but for me yeah i just i would take i would rather look at the old shark and jaws than the cgi at the end of wonder woman and venom <laughs> right like they, they can screw up cgi even worse oh yeah just because there are no limits i mean when you work with limitations i think you make better art and another 20 years it's going to advance so much that the, the one they'll do now will just look as crappy as what they'll say yeah they'll like, the go back and redo venom yeah. Yeah. well have no you it, we were just talking about this have you seen uh the open water series I saw the first one. Uh, yeah. there are actually we had the actor in here. Oh, yeah? Talk to him, yeah? There are actually three of them now, and we were just talking about this the other day. Uh, Open Water 3 was pretty good as just a straight-to-DVD fun shark flick, but uh, the behind the scenes, the guys actually took, I believe, live shark footage and pasted it somehow on top of the uh, footage of a human. So there's a shot you can see in the trailer, and it, it bites the guy, and you know that's always the hard part with the CGI or the thing is actual biting of it. It looks fantastic. So... I don't know what this little low budget, I'm assuming, Open Water 3 did, but the shot in there of a shark attacking one looks better than I've ever seen. And these big Hollywood ones have these like fancy CGI and whatever the hell these guys are doing, which I think is, like I said, a paste of actual shark footage was amazing. So if you're a shark fan, check out Open Water 3 and see. It's a little kind of fun, but the, it's, it's pretty damn good with how they paste it in there. Is 2 any good? I haven't seen it. No. I think 2 is it just a it's, drift, it's so there's no sharks. It's, it's just sharkless. Water. It's, I can recommend 1. Oh, 1 yes. is amazing. Oh, the, the one scared the one shit out of me. 1 in 3. Yes. All right. Yes, it's, it's kind of like a National Moon Vacation. Skip the second one, go from the first one <laughs> to, to the Christmas. Christmas Vacation. Although I would, I would say that three is more kind of dumb, fun rental for a shark fan, while one just is a genuinely terrifying. My God, yeah. that scene where they're stuck out there in the darkness, and like the big one's passing by my leg. I'm like, hey, hey. Yeah. And let's not talk about Deep Blue Sea 2. <laughs> have you seen Deep Blue Sea 2, Paul? No. You have to see it for the theme song yes. alone. I don't even want to tell you, but just remember we said this. Watch Deep Blue Sea 2. Is it by Master Clown Shrew? No, no, if only. No. If, if only. only I could have written that masterpiece. <laughs> yes. But trust me, watch Deep Blue Sea 2, just the credits part, and you'll, you'll laugh. All right. Yes. But, uh, hey, 
That's all I'll... Hey, I'll, I, look how much I watched of Sharknado. Right. I'll just watch the credits. <laughs> there you go. I'm fine. Just the credits can, is all you go. need. I can pick and choose. Uh, so let's get to your background, because I know uh, Sheila introduced me to you guys like a couple of years ago. Yes. Years ago. Five or six years you ago. You published one of my excessively long articles about the Dark Knight trilogy. Yes. Yes. And so, I never got to write one about comedy. Yes. I, as <laughs> you know, if you listen to the show, I run the movieguys.net and Mateo and, and, and Jason have both submitted articles. But... Um, what else do you guys, like, you've been a trio for a while. And so it's not just this movie. So what else have you been doing? This is the most uh, legitimate effort so far, but uh, we have probably dipped our toes into damn near every medium since doing this. We did a online web cartoon called American Graffitis. You can see the love of puns runs deep in this one. Uh, that was about two hot-riding fetus twin brothers. So we probably were always trying to play off the brother dynamic, even back before we moved, me and Matthew wanted to do something with that. Uh I don't, uh, Potluck, the pilot we talked about, we all somehow collectively got onto, which was amazing. But everything was kind of just standard LA trying and it really not going anywhere until this kind of legitimized it. Uh, I do, we do kind of go back through some old documents and digging through stuff for this point. I'm like, wow, it's actually been 10 years of trying this. But um, I don't think anything as legitimate as sharks, obviously. Or What was the cartoon called? American Graffitis. If you want to check it out on YouTube, it's. Uh, you can get that on, on uh, IMDb, right? Pat sure. things up a little up more. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's put that one. Yeah. Did Potluck sell? No, that's no. up there. But they have it's the on there, out there. And it, you know, it's a credit, so I have a page. Yeah, you can call. You can put a, a web series on IMDb and call it a TV series. That's yeah, so good. Yeah. Right. Do anything. They're like, all right, I'm on it. You're on one now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 movie guys is up there. There we go. As themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, now yeah. in this film, um, the brothers are tight. Because they watch awful uh, movies. It seems yes. like sitting on the couch watching bad shark movies. Now, yeah. that goes back to real life, though, where which one of you loves the... Me and Mateo, the, the, huge like, fans of bad They were bad my introduction. Love the awful. What are some examples of the movies that you guys love in that genre? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Shark. Ghost Shark. Uh, um, Sand Shark. Sand Shark. Uh, Sick 2. Sick oh, I will not stand for Raiders of a Lost Shark, by the way. Is there any way we can shut that production down or is it already completed? <laughs> it's really uh, that's my favorite movie of all time. I won't have it. Um, Serial Insane Clown Killer. Yes. Killer sick. Clown. A sick uh, clown, clown Killer. killer. Yes. Clown Killer. Um, I'm not going to have heard of any of these. Right? No, 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 no. Probably no one not. Uh, Sharks in Venice. Okay. Um, three, three, three hours. Three, three hours half. long, yes. Plus? It grows with you, pretty much. It's, Is yeah, it just shark movies? Or you, uh, no, well, no, the clown one. No, the clown, um, um, uh, what was it? Uh, um, I mean, sharks are definitely are an easy... <laughs> They've seemed uh, to become more prevalent oh, in the past oh, few years. Oh, no, anyway, I forgot. Too, so the ama- well, probably you've never seen it. The uh, amazing uh, uh, snakes on a train. Oh, no, yeah, we watched that one too. We did, <laughs> yeah. yes. We, we were resisted really? till the end, yes. The Incredible they Bulk. Under, they the went Amazing under siege. The Amazing that, Bulk. Uh, the snakes franchise. Yes. The Amazing Bulk. The Amazing yeah. Bulk was a turning point where I was just like, holy shit, this thing got released. I think we can do this. Yes. I mean, they, they showed me stuff that was so bad that it actually motivated me. I was like, hell, I can probably match this crap. But if you if you want to check out something, Paul, the Amazing Bulk is just Amazing Bulk is the only movie where the director does a commentary and he loses enthusiasm halfway through it, <laughs> and the fifty eight minutes of the movie he gives up, just a stop. That's right. The Absolutely. movie just kept playing for a while yes. without his commentary, and just finishes out with and no commentary saying, track. Because we, there was a scene that we were saying, okay, are they making this? I mean, what is it on purpose? What the hell is? It? And we listen to the audio commentary, and there is nothing. And I say, wait a second. Play, 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 nothing. So we go back, and yes, at 58 minutes, they say, so that's me, bye. And you should have drank like uh, Parker and Stone do, you know, for yeah. the Cannibal the Musical. They just get drunk. Exactly. Yes. Long after that, and like, then they spill beer on, yeah. the, on the console and everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, all, all these kind of movies, we... we um, hey, Jason, you're into these? They actually were my gateway drug. Uh, they kind of did their thing, and I thought I knew what a bad movie was, and they kept showing me stuff that was lower and lower level, and... It's funny because you kind of think like, oh, Hollywood releases a bad movie, it's shit, but it's still slick. It's still got production value. It's just still got A-list names. Like these movies were, I think, Sick 2, the gunshot in yeah. Sick 2. Sick 2, yes. This very specific thing, this gunshot was just, how do you even... Yeah, at the beginning of the movie, that there is a cop who shoots at a clown with a gun, and it's blatantly a toy gun that, that 
shot. Is there orange on the front of it? Uh, no, they, they spray they, painted they, that. They, they that would have been painted. awesome. <laughs> but they left the sound of the toy gun. They didn't even <laughs> bother to say, let's put, try to put the. Even a guy saying bang is better than that. Uh, <laughs> That you hear and you say, what the hell is that? A little string pops out from yes. the front. Yes, yeah, exactly, a yeah, potato gun or something. Well, we, we try to ask ourselves, We some of them, you know, they're just normally bad, but with, with the ones that have become big, like the, the room with Wiseau, or do you know about Birdemic? No. No, oh, my God. We got, <gasps> Birdemic, we, we got shock and Birdemic. terror. And what's the third in the big Holy Trinity Birdemic room? Troll 2. And, uh, thank you, Troll 2. Oh, yeah. So we never can really figure out, uh, and Wiseau has played this immensely to his own benefit, but what was your actual motivation? Are you aware? Do you know? You know, Wiseau was like, yeah, I meant to do it this way. And this other guy, what's the guy's name in Birdemic? He, backed, he James. Backed, uh, backed that argument up with a multi-million dollar production yes. starring James Franco. Yes. That yes. ends that way. And you're like... And now the, now, now it's just kind of it's kind of it's kind of <laughs> in, in lore. But yes, I, I mean, Tommy, I feel like is so berserk that one way or another, no matter what he made his movie, it would have a singular vision. I mean, the room may be shit, but it's more original than most of what Hollywood puts out because his brain is so it's Tommy. Uh, but the other guy that did Birdemic, James, James, when James, when uh, you watch interviews with him and I'm like, I cannot tell if you're brilliant and you're just like, I made this and I'm writing it out or if you're deluded and you think it's good and it's not. I guess I, I'm a huge fan of Andy Kaufman, so I guess I kind of have to give these guys credit because still to this day, I'm like, I don't know if you know or not. Do you know what shit? Do you think it's a genius? So with a lot of these movies, and especially being through the process myself and how meticulously Emmy or Ali or Mateo or any one of us, like, that doesn't look good. I wouldn't put that on screen. I'm like, how do you let this shit get in your movie? How? I don't, I don't understand. So I still haven't figured out what's going through some of these uh, low-budget uh, Birdemic, Shock and Terror had uh, a declared budget of $10,000. And in the opening credits, it says, with the friendly participation of T.P. Hedron. <laughs> and so I say, oh, T.P. Hedron, that, that's awesome. And stuff like that. Not featuring. Not, Not featuring. Co-starring. It, nope. She's on a TV. She's on a TV. For five seconds. While the camera is actually panning on a room and she is it's there. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. So we say, all right, it is possible to do that. Was she in something that was uh, the, the James royalty Wen, free? No, it was some. <laughs> she's some, she's probably environmental else. friendly. That's all the I, environmental yeah, think, message. Oh, yeah. of, he uh, made he made a, the the director who is jamming the concept. Wow, of, that was a great. Awesome. <laughs> yes, that exactly, is awesome. Of of uh, global warming and stuff like that. He did a movie slash interview with Tippi Hedren, who is also very oh, active yeah. into that. So he had that footage. <clears throat> so he winds up on the television. So she's in the movie. Bur- Bird Bird Demic Demic Shock and Terror There's literally a scene where the characters are walking out of a movie and they say this exact line of dialogue Wow, that was a great movie An Inconvenient Truth I think I'll get an electric car Yes <laughs> with, with also that delivery No, that's the guy yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah, I imagine I imagine Yeah, I think you'll I think you might, you, Do you like the room? You're a fan of the room? Oh, absolutely I've seen it nine times Okay, okay. I think you'll really yes. like Birdemic, yeah. man Get back to us if you enjoy that Because it's whoo, Are they man. screaming at it in theaters? Oh yeah They, they, they bring, they bring, they bring co- coat hangers, right? Hanger coat hangers is, is So the, that they can the, perform abortions Is the gimmick of uh, We're of all thinking it And and just be prepared They I think that they made A sort of a survey at first And say what could be the most annoying sound oh for a God. bird that we could put in the movie? And they found it, and it's repeated about 9,000 times throughout the movie. <laughs> you want to kill yourself after. It's, it's exactly wow. like this. No that joke. was just like 11. Yeah, over yes. and over and over yes. and over and over. <laughs> and then this, bad CGI birds in one yes. motion, perpetually yes. flapping. It's, bad it's, CGI birds. Bad CGI yes. birds. Here's your sequel. Um, so yeah, and I want to point out, of course, I mentioned briefly that uh, you guys have written articles for themovieguys.net. Go back and look at Mateo's, uh, Why? They had, uh, all sorts of weird content that I really appreciate. Yeah. yeah, You should do it again. Sometime. I just appreciate you posted my articles, like 20 fucking pages, I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was about, uh, that was about the Dark Knight, um, that was a ridiculously overwrought, in-depth discussion of the lasting cultural impact of the Dark Knight trilogy. I think pitting the uh, Heath Ledger's uh, instantly iconic thing from dying and then coming out against Bane and just breaking down the trilogy. Man, I was really obsessed with that movie. It's funny. I remember great movies. The last time DC was great. Yeah. Well, then then everyone suffered because of the what Nolan did. They're like, do that again. Put the colors down. Make it dark. Make it edgy. <laughs> 
But yeah, so I remember you sent me an email like, could we cut this down at all a lot? And I'm like, nah, I think it's good it is. And you're like, all right, I'll publish it. So shout out to Paul. If you want to go read my ridiculously long, overwrought, rambling, nerdy-ass article on the Dark Knight trilogy, themovieguys.com, everybody. Themovieguys.net. I'm sorry, themovieguys.net. You know, somebody's just sitting on com, too. They're just sitting there doing Bastards. nothing. Oh, they're doing nothing with it? It's nothing. Yeah. Oh. Sons of bitches. Wait for me to pay him whatever they want. Of course. <laughs> it's owned in Beijing or something. It's one of those deals. Fantastic. Um, so uh, Potluck is in uh, the Ellsworths' past. We talked about and and, and mine too. too. Oh, and strangely yours, enough, yeah, we all got. But I found reason. something else back there: Silence of the Hams. Oh yeah, <laughs> take it away, Mateo. Yeah, explain, explain me this movie. I've heard of it. I've, I remember video stores back in the day. Yes, Dom DeLuise's face on the cover. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and it's a direct spoof of uh, it. The, okay, Hannibal Lecter. So, uh, <laughs> in in a fairly large nutshell. Um, I was working on a TV show back in Italy, uh, and uh, the director, the, uh, sorry, the well, the director of Silence of the Hams, uh, who was the host of this show, told me I had this idea of making a parody of Psycho, and uh, to shoot it, uh, every single uh, role will be played by a host of infomercials. In Italy, that was a period where infomercials were gigantic. And he told me, I thought to call it Psycho Zero. I say, okay, that could be fun. And, and so we co-wrote the original script uh, in uh, three. The director, Ezio Greggio, myself, and Lorenzo Beccati, one of the Italian authors that I was working with. Then probably five years went by, we didn't know anything about it, and um, The Silence of the Lambs came out. And the director said, oh, there is something. So he spliced the part of Silence of the Lambs into this one. So the protagonist, his name is Joe D. Foster. Ha, ha, ha. And you, get, you get the joke? Yes. It's like yes, the name yes, of the actress. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's award-winning. It's, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, Charlize Theron. <laughs> uh, no, uh, and, um, uh, and then out of the blue, he calls me and says, hey, are you free? Because I'm doing this movie in America. I say, Sure. <laughs> what the hell? So he called me here, and I I come, and um, I was supposed to be his assistant and translator because his English was not exactly one of the most excellent. Um, I was to film the behind the scene of the movie and to check the script if there were old jokes and to come up with new jokes. But uh, as they say... That's not where the story ends. And that's not where the story ends. Because <laughs> Tell them about the cameo. Tell them about the cameo. Yes. Tell them the significance of the cameo. I made a cameo in the movie. I am a cameo in the movie with Mel Brooks. We are in the same shot. Nice. And when I show the photo of it to everybody, they tell me, that's so cool. Who's the old guy? And I but say, tell them why it's so cool that your cameo was with Mel. Because the reason you wanted to do this in the first yes, place. Yes, I told them. And when I was a six, I saw Young Frankenstein back in Italy, which was t- titled Frankenstein Jr. And, uh, and I went home and I told mom, who makes movies? And she was saying, not you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I t- uh, she, she told me, the first thing she told me is, I told you, call me dad. <laughs> no, she told me, uh, well, you know, directors and, um, and actors. And I said, do they come up with the ideas? No, those are the writers. That's what I'm going to do when I grow up. Luckily, I never grew up. So and there you are in a scene. With and him. here I am. Yeah, That's exactly. Cool. And, here, and, and so I told him, I say, if I could die now, I would be happy. I did. And then Mel Brooks tried to kill him. Yes, <laughs> he tried I'm to. Just trying to me. make his dreams come yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he told me. Uh, so yes, there was the the cycle was complete. There was the circle of life or something like that. Whatever. And uh, the movie did uh, zero business whatsoever <laughs> in any way. I saw it in Italy when it came out uh, theatrically. And now, what was it called there? Because we've talked about how Italy renames movies. Yes. They're all weird. Well, it was, it was very bizarre. Il because, Silencio de Hamon. Well, <laughs> very close. It was called Il Silencio dei Prosciutti, which is actually literally. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> literally, the silence of the hams. But uh, it completely missed the, the pun on lambs, hams. And plus, they're not really hams in the movie. So I don't really know. Honestly, I think Silence of the Prosciutto is better. Probably, yes. Well, the, the, I'd, w- I'd want to see that over Silence of the Hams. <laughs> okay. Yeah, lamb and ham probably don't rhyme in, in Italy, right? No, in not Italian. at all. In not Italian. at all. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people standing around, no d'oeuvre trade, scared to touch. And it. actually, in, 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 in Italy, Silence of the Lambs was called uh, uh, the equivalent of the Silence of the Innocents. 
because if you translate lambs in Italian is Agnelli, and that was the family that owned Fiat cars. So they were saying, okay, we're not gonna have that because it would invite so many puns and stuff and everything. So instead of lambs, so they came with innocence and stuff like that. Italy. Yes. Fucking Italians, man. They're so Italy. clever. Uh, so uh, before we wrap things up, seen anything lately? Just out in the theaters, festivals, just saw Venom. at home. Yeah, yeah, we saw Venom. I was alone in my. In the, I, I I realize what people are saying. I'm not oblivious to it, but I, I had fun in a. Um, everyone started saying this seems like a movie that was released from the pre MCU era back in like the early 2000s oh, Marvel. Yeah. And dude, have you seen Spawn? With the, my, yeah, so that I got that yeah. type of vibe. I just had a blast. I know I know its shortcomings. I thought it was bizarre and berserk and weird and a mess, but uh, they at least got Look, after Topher Grace, if you get Venom right, you're 95% there. I mean, my God, dude, Spider-Man 3, I don't think anyone has ever fucked up a villain more. Sam Raimi, God damn you. So, hey, Venom looked amazing. I thought it was a weird blast. I enjoyed it. They didn't really. What was before that? We saw the, uh, oh, the Meg, of course. The Meg. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a, a pretty good CGI shark, if you yeah. say. Yes. Uh, and, and they, well, and, funny and enough, people still see that, and which I thought was good because you know how it never seems to have a body mass, but when the shark turned in the Meg, the whole water swirls around it and actually looks like a big thing. I thought it looked great, and then people are just like, fucking shark CGI sucks. I'm like, well, how can you win? What the fuck do you have to do? It's not going to get better than that. So yeah. thank God we have this fucking title. Jesus, they crucify yeah. us. And then probably a month... You <laughs> will get called out for that. Yeah. Yes. And a month ago, we saw Director's Cut by Adam Rifkin. Thank written, you. Yes, awesome. thank written you. by Penn Gillette, and it's oh, yeah. uh, absolutely fantastic. Highly, highly, highly it's, recommend. It's yeah. wonderful because it's... What an offbeat so, career he's had. I like him. Yes, 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 yes. And But that, that movie is, is superb. Um, and didn't he make the one, the last movie star? With uh, that, the same yes. di- yeah, the same director, yeah, Adam Rifkin. I guess, I guess and he that. did uh, uh, Look, I think is titled, which is a movie entirely shot with uh, security cameras, iPhones, and yep. stuff like that, and which of course, is also very nice. Detroit Rock City, one of my of favorites. Of course. And he wrote Small Soldiers. Did Let's he? Let's not forget. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, <laughs> I love that one too. Chillerama. He's been in here. with Adam in here. Oh, fucking yeah, yeah. Shout out Adam Rifkin. Uh, yeah. What was the movie that he was here talking about, the one that was like a spoof on reality television, shooting the something. I probably just look. He's super, uh, no, no, there was no. one of, there oh, was there specifically was like reality TV that goes to hell, like. Oh, okay. Kind so of. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm faltering on, on. Yeah, this. I can't remember. Saving. It's like shooting. But I, I, shooting I the definitely he is amazing <laughs> because every single movie is is a completely different from the previous one. He yeah. never falls into the same stuff. And but director Scott, uh, it was uh, mind blowing because it's, it's a movie with an audio commentary as you're watching the movie, and then there is the, the real audio commentary. But the actual movie has an audio commentary and. As is very hard to describe. Very original and big uh, earned laughs. Like the way it sets up a premise and then I just feel like it, it gets to scenes that have been so earned because of this bizarre premise. And, uh, and, and I, also, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm just talking about you know Hollywood crap they put out there. But that one was really like, goddamn, good job, guys. Also, also because uh, one thing that not, not everybody knows is that Penn Jillette of Penn & Teller is a wonderful writer. He is very, very good at writing, and and he did write that movie, and uh, and just a goddamn good human being, and is a wonderful human being. Yes, yes. one of my favorite anarchists. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I love his books on atheism, which my believer buddy has gotten for me. So yes, yeah, well, that's kind of you. See, it's like uh, the guys getting along. The boys, <laughs> it's so sweet. The boys get along. Yeah. Uh, well, now let me ask you what we ask everyone who comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time, Jason? So I thought about this when you asked me, and uh, it's tough sometimes with a favorite, so I tend to go by like, okay, what's actually replayability I can do endlessly? And I think based on that, I might go with Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, because I feel like that movie hits, it's not meant specifically as a comedy, at least in the traditional way that, you know, like a Dumb and Dumber is a comedy, but I think uh, Terry Gilliam, of course, anyone who knows, is Monty Python and his whole sense of absurd animations to do with that. He brought such a, uh, a strong vision to it, and Benicio and Johnny Depp committed so much that me and my buddies would always put that on and it's just hysterical and I don't know how much it's meant to be but we just crack up at the berserk way they just go ape shit. I always thought it would translate perfectly into a cartoon so 
There's a couple of them I might go through the roll decks for, but if you want to base on just what can endless play and still... Because that's the other thing. It's not like endless play, like, oh, it's a shitty one. There's still good filmmaking to it. It's a committed, oh, bizarre yeah. vision, but... Gilliam's uh, no joke. I mean, oh, yeah, Gilliam great. is amazing. I actually... Uh, Monty Python was on Netflix. I didn't even know, and last night I am sadly... I know them, but I don't know everything, so I started binging the shows. I'm like, my God, this is godly. The Flying uh, Circus is on Yes, Netflix? The Flying yeah, Circus is wow, on Netflix. I didn't know. My buddy told me, and I just, let's go. Let's start playing yeah. episodes. Uh, so I'm going to go with Fear and Loathing because of the insane replayability and the fact that it's uh, also a, a pretty genius movie. If people have trouble answering that question, but playability is certain, like if you if it's on, you, I got to sit down. I'm in mean, for minimum hour. When you brought it up, yeah. that was the first factor I went to because like, I'm going to yeah. babble through five movies unless I go, what is the replayability? So Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Right. Matthew? I'll probably go based off what I always get excited to show other people, which is uh, Smiley Face by Gregor Rocky with Good Anna answer. Ferris. Ooh, I don't um, know that one. It's her playing a stoner who accidentally eats 24 weed uh, cupcakes and just gets herself deeper and deeper and deeper into horrible, awkward situations throughout her day. Um, and I guess that's instantly when I meet someone, like, oh, I want to show you this movie, I want to show you this movie. So I guess that's the best way I can base that's it off of. Certainly another, uh, yeah, when I talk to people about their favorite movie, it's like, have you shown it to people? Right. I always say, yeah, I yeah. go to their house, share. I bring the DVD or yes. Blu-ray, I slap it down and we yeah. don't mess around. I've not seen that. It's really good. Nana Ferris gives an amazing I performance. Like Doesn't play a stereotypical stoner. Plays a very true and just um, you're with her throughout the entire movie. Smiley just getting face. deeper and deeper. And, and, and for face. once, Marion Ross, uh, yeah. who is Mrs. Cunningham, oh, yeah, yeah. she was. Uh, I I got the chance to talk to her about this movie, and she was ecstatic because you say finally a movie where they gave me a role of not the stereotypical. Uh, Stupid old uh, lady, I'm old. or so yeah. exactly, or something like that. She has a very defined character, and she's incredibly funny, also in that movie. So. And we, we should point out that Matteo, who really does not like weed, and if you have the weed-soaked movie, you know it's just about getting stoned, dude. Doesn't like him, but Smiley Face, I feel like, is soaked in weed. Yes. The plot depends on weed. Not really a weed movie, just a good comedy. Yeah, it's and a very he, clever. He movie. can enjoy as much as we can, so I think that should be noted about it because it is soaked in weed. Not a dumb stoner comedy. Personal opinion, of course. Who directed that? Uh, Gregor Gregor Rocky. Gregor Rocky. He uh, makes amazing... You gotta check out his his, his catalog. His his great trilogy is uh, Totally Fucked Up, uh, Nowhere, and The Doom Generation. Those (laughs) are three. Early Rose McGowan, man. Yes. And James Duval. I gotta go down that wormhole. Oh, yeah. I will. Matteo, what do you got? I can't wait to hear this one. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to say Beneath Planet of the Apes, uh, but then I say that that would have been too easy. Um, he's, no, he's cheating. He's getting a name five, favorite. right? <laughs> yeah, the master. One. Uh, there, uh, it's, it's very hard to uh, uh, narrow it down, but pretty much by what they said, um, I would say Hell's a Popping, which is a 1941 black and white comedy that virtually nobody knows. Um, my copy, the first one that I found, uh, I bought it from Australia. And it's a universal movie. That's that, it drives me insane. Sean Landry also knows about it. But uh, yes, people in the know. In the know. know the cool of, ones, Paul. The cool ones. Up. It's it was based on a Broadway show that they did it for three years uh, um, and and to great success, and then they decided to put it on a movie. And uh, it's it makes uh, the Marx Brothers uh, looks like on Valium. It blew our minds when you showed it to us, just the, the I guess, bad, bad word, but modern comedy, just yes. the wacky uh, jokes in the 1940? 1941. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's uh, completely I insane. I was and, yeah. uh, and the only thing that I had to tell them is uh, just remember that when this movie came out, there were people called projectionists in the booth behind you in the theater because there is a running gag that at a certain point throughout the movie, the two protagonists talk to the projectionist in the theater and they're mad at him that he can't rewind the movie. Just like Gremlins 2. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Okay, now I'm with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, and there are jokes that uh, I've seen popping here. And, uh, I mean, they still, it has been pillaged by a lot of people. Um, there are jokes in um, Airplane that are taken from there uh, it's but it's incredible it's never and uh, uh complete chaos uh, and fun and anarchy and and who stars it, in it nobody nobody, nobody. So no it's uh, all um, johnson and chick young wrote it and there is misha Auer, who was a 
actor and singer. Um, it's uh, is the first victim in uh, Ten Little Indians uh, by René Clair. Well, who doesn't know that? Or rather, and then there were none. Uh, and um, virtually nobody else that people could say, but they're That's all dead. Same year as Citizen Kane, right? Is exactly. Yes. Yeah. And yes. So, so it's kind of like if you watch a Lenny Bruce bit, and his his material is so like could be happening today. You're like, what the fuck am I watching? It's all black and white, but he's talking about like gays and stuff. It's that the, that's what he was saying. The humor is so what it, we associate with modern reach, humor. It will reach the modern audience. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it almost seems like uh, anachronistic, if you will. Yes. Uh, again, is. coming from our viewpoint of not knowing that this wacky humor went that far back. I got shit to do. I've only seen one of the three of those movies. Yeah, man. <laughs> what you doing? Slacking. Yeah. Get on the program. I don't know. Uh, well, that wraps another uh, TMG interview. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Any Paul. Any final Thank words on the film? You know, badcgisharks.com is where you can go to hear all about it, right? Yes. And uh, what are the, is there social media associated with it as well? Uh, yes, we do. Yes. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, uh, Bad CGI Sharks Movie. Uh, Twitter is... Twitter is just at Bad CGI Sharks. And uh, if you're on Facebook, was we have... Was Bad a- CGI Sharks Movie taken? Or is it too many letters? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I think that suck you that did that taken. because... He did that for Insta because he couldn't get Bad CGI Sharks. I got the just Bad CGI Sharks for Twitter. Bad, so I, someone I, had Bad CGI Sharks on Instagram. I created it, realized I could switch my current account over. Oh, he fucked recre- it up. Yeah, exactly. It was my fault. <laughs> but, uh, he- either way, it sells you what it is, so it's worked uh, out getting well. along yes. so well. And on Facebook, there's Majama. Yes, uh, Facebook, we have our umbrella Majama, Mahama page for all our uh, Tanks of people will come and see it. (laughs) But really, just remember the name, Bad CGI Sharks, and hopefully it'll be out and you'll watch it and you'll laugh and you won't hate us. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, YouTube, iTunes, Instagram, all that shit for jokes, articles, media links, and more every day. Thanks to Jason and Matthew Ellsworth and Matteo Molinari. (laughs) We did it. Yay. Um, oh, and release date info would be up on the website. Right now, the website's just the trailer and then the Pretty much, yes. Info. We will keep yes. it updated as soon as we uh, find out ourselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're waiting, too, everyone. <laughs> yes. You're getting the trailer out to more people. We get more buzz, and then, boom, it'll be available, and that'll be good. Uh, and as ever, you can find everything we're up to, including reviews, articles, and more interviews at themovieguys.net. Thanks very much. Bye. And fuck uh, Laguna Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ow. Hit the post on that one.